Father, we just thank you. We believe for your presence to be manifested to each and every person today, that you'll minister to each and every person, that people would fall more in love with Jesus, that people would be more aware of him and his presence inside of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Our most valuable asset, our most valuable asset. This is going to be good for all of us today. And uh, I believe it will minister to you. But um, Romans 15, 13, this is our scripture. Can we say it out loud together? Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Amen. We're still believing for people just to look at the hope that is inside of us, the hope of God. Amen. And uh, I know that uh, God wants us to be so aware of him, so aware of him that uh, things that are inside of us can start being manifested on the outside of us. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, if you're familiar with that, Galatians 5, and 23, and the gifts of the Spirit, it talks about gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that, you know, so much emphasis sometimes is put on the gifts, but in reality, the fruit, Jesus said this, this is how people are going to know who you are is by the fruit. I've got fruit trees in my house, and if you just look, especially in the wintertime, you can't tell which trees are what. But uh, when they start bearing apples, you know you don't have to be a tree person to know that's an apple tree. If they have nectarines, that's a nectarine tree. So it doesn't take too much intellect to figure that out. But uh, the fruit of the Spirit is the expression of our renewed nature as it is seen by others. I'm going to say that again. The fruit of the Spirit is the expression of our renewed nature as it is seen by others. People see fruit. They see the fruit. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, it, it talks about this. In everything you do, be careful to treat others in the same way you want them to treat you, for that is the essence of all the teachings of the law and the prophets. That's what it's all about. It's how we treat other people. How we treat other people. I, uh, this one minister, he was very transparent. He has a church of probably about six or 8,000 people, and he told some of us ministers this story. He said that his wife, he was on his way home from the office, and his wife sat there and says, I need you to go by the dry cleaners and pick up something for me. They were having a special meeting that night, so he goes by out of his way. He didn't like that. He was kind of irritated that he had to do that. And... Uh, not that men ever get irritated about doing errands for their wife. But anyway, they, so he did that, and uh, <laughs> he picked up the dry cleaning, took it home, and she looked at it, and she says, there's still the spots on it. They didn't do this right, Melanie. So she said, can you take it back and get it fixed? He took it back, and as he walked in there, he expressed himself and not in a really good manner. And uh, 
he began to yell, and he was just really upset, and she was smiling the whole time. And she says, we will take care of this right away. If you can just give us another half hour, hour, if you can come back, we'll have this fixed. And he said, all right. So as he was walking to the door, and she said, by the way, Pastor, I really enjoyed your message last Sunday. Before he got to the door, he got so, he he walked back and he said, I am so sorry. I was so wrong to be like that. So the point is, the point is that people are listening, people, and let's just be honest, everyone in here, including moi, we have responded in an unkind manner to people in an unkind manner to people. But I want you to know that your greatest asset, your greatest uh, valuable asset inside of you, I know people talk about love, but love is expressed in kindness. And sometimes, sometimes, if you're married, the person that you're married to is the one sometimes that we show the least kindness to. Just keep looking forward. Paul said this, though. I'm going to give you some good news. In Colossians 2.10, it says, you are complete in him. You are complete in him. Complete means whole, entire, lacking nothing, which means nothing else is going to be deposited inside of you and me. Did you get that? Even when you get to heaven, God's not going to put something else in you when you get to heaven. You've got it right now. You've got it right now. And I I just want to say this because I was praying about this, and I didn't even get this. I was not even going to talk about this. But the Lord says, yeah, make sure that you tell them they need to be kind to themselves as well. Sometimes we're not even kind to ourselves. It's really hard to be kind to other people if you're not kind to yourself. It is. If you're really hard, and sometimes we are the hardest person on ourselves, and sometimes we're the most unkind person to ourselves. And just, this is for all the married people. This is really going to be good for everybody, but the married people are just going to, you're going to be glad you came to church. If you're single, you're going to be glad you came to church. If you're a youth, a child, kid, you're going to be glad you came to church today. Sometimes when those around us, we may not even voice it. Sometimes we do voice it. You know, like, man, you just are not very kind today. You're not kind. You're not kind. And if you don't voice that, sometimes there's a track that we get on that our spouse is not very kind. The Lord just wants you to know this. You need to stop that, especially the verbal part, but also the mentality part, just thinking that way. Because I'm going to prove to you today that kindness is deposited inside of all of us today, and so you need to quit disagreeing with what God says about you or your spouse or your kids or your people, your fellow employees or church members. I don't know if you ever heard of Graham Cook. he's, um, He's a fascinating minister. He says this, God does not deal with you according to what's wrong with you, but with what's missing in your experience in Christ. Everything God has for us, it's manifested in a relational type setting. John chapter 15, Jesus talks about abiding, abiding in Christ. We are the branches. He is the main trunk. As long as the branches are connected to the trunk, they will bear fruit. 
I've never had one of my fruit trees in the spring, you know, that it's getting warm and they got blossoms out, you know, the little flowers, and from those little flowers come the fruit. But I've never seen a branch just shaking and quivering and just really trying to produce fruit. I'm just going to really, really work hard and just get this apple out of there. Never seen it before. It just abides and rests in the branch, and it happens automatically because there is a connection to the tree. And this is where you and I missed it. You have kindness on the inside of you, whether you know it or not. We all do. Now, there's all the time that we do not manifest that kindness. All of us. So how can we get to a place that kindness is manifested more often than it's not? A lot of times in the past, this is what we do. I'm just going to try harder just going to try harder. Let me ask you this. How, how did that work for you? How did that work for you? You probably, you could have been maybe kinder for a week, but boy, I tell you what, if the devil knows anything, he knows what buttons to push. And all of a sudden, it will be one day that everybody pushes the button. From the grocery clerk to the people in traffic to your spouse to your kids, your dog may never bite, but he bites you that day. I mean, just everything just falls apart. And if you're relying on just trying harder, you probably will fail miserably at that. Manifestation of his goodness. You know, Melody, I mean, that was such a great illustration about Thanksgiving. I mean, what good is it if you're just all by yourself? I thought that was so good. But this is when we come to church all of us know this, that God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Have you been coming here for very long at all? Hopefully you know that. But this is, I want to just tell you this. There is another level to the presence of God, and that's his manifested presence. His presence is with us always. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, I don't care what type of place you walk into, God's going to be with you. But there is a manifested presence. There is a presence that you can literally experience with God. Thank you. There is. And this is what God wants to happen is that the more that you experience him, listen to me now, the more that you experience God, the more that you realize what's in you can be manifested on the outside of you, and therefore the manifested presence of God can take place because of your awareness of Him. And this is what I know. This is how I know that I can walk. I'm not, I'm not perfect. You can ask my wife. She, but I guarantee if you ask her this, I probably have been treating her better in the last 12 months than I have the 30 years prior. We've been married 31? 31, so 30 years prior. I don't know why I'm looking at her. She always looks to me for how many years, including how old she is. So, The manifestation of his goodness. And this is how I know that what you can do simply is this. When you're all alone, talk to God. Listen, you above all people, nobody really has to tell you if you're unkind. They don't. People may because you've been unkind, but nobody really has to tell you. That's, you know, that's just like people say, you know, 
people need to be told they're sinning. Really? Really? I don't know about you, but when I sin, I know it. <laughs> I don't have to have an angel or anybody, my wife or anybody else, know when I sin. I, I mean, I just flat out know I sin. Don't have to have a revelation. People know when they do wrong. People know when they're unkind. People know. So there's some people, and I believe, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, I don't know, but sometimes maybe it's how you were raised, if you were raised in a, just a horrible atmosphere. But uh, at the same time, uh, if you struggle in this area of unkindness, if you just struggle, if you're just snippy with everybody, snip here, a snip here, you're like one of those little chihuahuas, you know, they just snip and snip and snip. Do you have one? Okay. Anyway, I'm sure you love it. But, I mean, uh, you know that. But this is the thing what you and I can do. I go to God and say, man, God, I'm just struggling with this kindness. I know kindness is on the inside of me. I know I have the ability to walk in the kindness that you've put inside of me. But I'm struggling for that to be manifested on the outside. And I'm just coming to you for help. That's where you start. Instead of, I need to work on this and strike. No, take it to God. This is the whole awareness of God is by you talking to him about your issues of not being kind. You can have a greater marriage just because you're kinder to one another. And let me just say this. Most of us know that we're wrapped with favor. The Bible says that we are wrapped with favor as with a shield from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We have the favor of God, but this is the problem that that favor will not be manifested if you're a type of person that's always yielding to unkindness, even though God says you're wrapped with favor. You can't claim one promise and then sit there and be mean and hateful to everybody and expect favor to be manifested. It ain't going to work that way. It's just not. You can't claim, I just believe I'm surrounded with the favor of God. Would you just shut up and leave me alone? Let's see how far that favor takes you. You're going in for a job. Oh, let me just be common sense. You go into a job interview. I'm surrounded with the favor of God. I'm surrounded with the favor of God. And you are short and rude to the guy who's giving you an interview. Go, see how far that takes you. And then you say, well, the favor doesn't work. Oh, it's working beautifully. It's working awesomely. It's this, you're short-circuiting it from being manifested. It's in you, but it has to be manifested out here for you to be a recipient of it. Favor is inside of there. But if you want it to be manifested out here, you have to walk in what has been deposited inside of you, and that's the fruit of the Spirit. So some of you may be thinking, why this favor? I mean, I'm just, why isn't things happening? Maybe take notes of this message because God wants this to happen. He's not withholding anything from you, by the way. He wants you to be promoted. He wants you to get the best job. He wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. As your soul prospers? What does that, the soul, have to do with it? The fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. Matthew 7, 16 says this, You can spot them by their actions, for the fruits of their character will be obvious. You won't find sweet grapes hanging on a thorn bush, 
And you'll never pick good fruit from a tumbleweed. If you live in Pueblo West, you know what that means. Philippians 2.12 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How do you work out? It didn't say work for. It said to work out. So it means it's in you, but you got to get it from in here to out here. Work it out. I like the Passion Translation. It gives a little bit better um, emphasis on this. It says, my beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested. Who does this? You must Continue to make this new life fully manifested. God wants what's in you to be manifested as you live in the holy all of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. If we want what's inside of us to be manifested out here, you and I are going to have to spend time in his presence so we're more aware of what's in us. You do. And you say, well, that sounds like works. It's not works. It's the branch abiding in the tree. It will happen all, it will happen automatically. Kindness will happen if you just spend some time with God and just come to his presence and say, Woo, God, I just thank you. I'm just going to talk to you. I'm just going to be. There's times that I sit with God and say, God, I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be in your presence. And I enjoy that. There's times Millie and I were driving down the road in a pickup truck and I'm in. I don't have to be talking to her the whole time, enjoy her presence. I just hold her hand, and I just enjoy it. I don't have to be talking to her the whole time. Just enjoy it. I'm telling you, God wants to start manifesting himself, and he's going to do that through you and me. He's going to do that in our services. He wants manifested his healing power to be here. He wants his peace to be here. He wants everything to be manifested when we come together, just like Thanksgiving. It's a jovial time. It's a time where, man, we just feel great about it. Your most valuable asset. Verse 13, Philippians 2, 13, for it is God who works in you, now, this is after Philippians 2.12. It says, you must continue to make this new life fully manifested. Verse 13 says, it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God is doing the working. Just like the tree trunk, just like the, the, the roots of that tree, it's working. And it's going to produce fruit. There just has to be awareness of the abiding. Just read John 15 sometimes, it talks about abiding. Spending time with him. Spending time in his word. There's a great story about the goodness of God. In Luke chapter 5, Peter, he loans Jesus his boat because the, the crowds was getting so pressed upon Jesus, they were about ready to push him in the sea. So Peter had his boat here, and he turns to Peter and says, Hey, can I use your boat? So Peter says, yeah. So he gets out on the boat. So he's got a platform up high, and he's up on top of the boat, and he's, he ministers to the people. After the meeting, everybody leaves. And so Peter uh, and Jesus sit there, and they greet one another. And Jesus sits there and to tell Peter, says, hey, go ahead and cast your boat out and throw your net on the right side. He said, man, I have fished all night. I'm a professional. 
I am a professional. I'm a professional fisherman, and I didn't catch anything all night. Luke 5, 4, he says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, said to him, Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, both boats, so they began to sink. That's a good night fishing. Listen to verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, when Simon Peter saw it, when Simon Peter saw it, (laughs) when he saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Let me ask you something. When did repentance come? Before the goodness was manifested or after the goodness was manifested? The goodness of God was manifested. It was on display. And when that happened... It changed Peter's life forever. Wasn't a sermon. Listen to me. Wasn't a sermon. It was not a sermon that changed Peter's life. Obviously, I'm all into sermons. But this is my point. To get the world out there To come in here, they're not going to come in here to hear a sermon. (laughs) They're not going to come here. You know, I was going to go to the bar, but bar church. Let's see which one. I know. Don't know. I know which one they're going to go to. Party. Drug party. Smoking pot party. Whatever party. We have children in here, so I'll stop right there. But anyway, whatever thing. If we are going to change the nation, if we're going to change Pueblo, Colorado, there has to be a manifestation of the goodness of God, and he's going to expect it to come through you and me. He's going to expect that to come through you and me. So this is why you have to know what's inside of you. And the only way to know what's inside of you is to make sure you're in abiding with the tree trunk so it can be manifested on the outside of you because most of us, including myself, we have no idea the greatness and the power that is inside of us. Ephesians 3.20 says, Behold, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that is in you. The goodness of God is in us. And God wants that kind of display, a boat-sinking, overwhelming blessing of God that just causes people to fall down and just say, Dear Lord. (laughs) Second Peter chapter 1. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness, add understanding to understanding, add the strength of self-control. To self-control, add patience, endurance. To patient endurance, add 
godliness. Add to godliness, add mercy toward your brothers and sisters, and to mercy toward others, add unending love. So sometimes you just hear messages and they stop right there. So by reading that, it especially in the King James Version, it, it, it uh, really makes you think that, man, you've got to do these things. You have to add these things, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. But you stop too soon. Verse 8, since these virtues are already planted deep within you. <laughs> wow! Hallelujah! I've got to add this and I've got to add that. And Peter goes, well, just before you get too far with this adding stuff, I just want you to know that all these things have been added deep within you and you possess them in abundant supply. It says you have, look at that, you possess them in abundance. You don't just have just a little bit. I don't have enough kindness for my wife and my kids. And dear Lord, if I have to go to work, you don't know the people I work with. Yeah, God was short on giving you kindness. In other words, you could say it this way. I guess dark is greater than light. Light is greater than darkness. Healing is greater than sickness. God's prosperity is greater than in any poverty. And your fruit of the Spirit is greater than any evil or darkness or hatred that can come up against you. Since these virtues are already planted deep within you and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus more intimately. I'm telling you this, it's just, it's just a rapid, like a nuclear fission. When you start spending time with God and this manifested presence starts happening on the outside of you and you start experiencing the goodness of God, man, it just wants you to make sure that you want to abide with God more. I want to spend more time. I want to read his word. I want this manifestation to go so great that it sinks boats with the goodness of God. Amen? Verse, I stopped there. Since, but if anyone lacks these things, he's blind constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence for his past sins have been washed away. He is blind, it says. Let me just reiterate that. He is blind. Even though all of this is deeply deposited and you possess it all, if you're not seeing it out here, it's because we're blind to it. Then he goes on to say, For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. If you do these things, you will never stumble. As a result, the kingdom's gates will open wide to you as God choreographs your triumphant entrance in the eternal kingdom of the Lord, Savior, Jesus, the Messiah. Listen to the Passion Translation, 2 Peter 1.12. I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths. Even though you are aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you have already embraced. As long as I live, I will continue to awaken you with this reminder. He says you need to be awakened to this. So that's why I'm preaching this this morning. All of us, including myself, we need to be awakened to the fruit of the spirits inside of us. You want to have a better marriage? You have to be awakened to what's inside of you. Your most valuable asset is being kind one to another. You want life to be sweeter? You know, we used to sing that song. 
sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. I'll stop right there. But anyway, uh, I want this to be a good message. But uh, if you want life to be sweeter, it's not dependent upon how you're treated. It's dependent upon how awakened you are to what's inside of you and me. I don't know about you, but that's good news. It is good news. I don't have to be concerned about how I'm being treated. All I have to be concerned with is, am I abiding in the vine? It gets so good that Jesus sits there. He says, you can abide in the vine, and it can get to the point you ask what you will, and it shall be yours. Wow. Wow. That doesn't come from, listen, we have to get, okay, here we go. We have to get to a point that when we're coming to church, it's not just coming to hear a message from Pastor Mike. It's with a coming but with an expectation that I believe that the goodness of God is going to be manifested when we all get together. I believe people are going to be healed from sickness. I believe marriages are going to be restored to a higher level. I believe relationships with children are going to be totally restored. I believe our teenagers are going to be on fire for God and raise their hands and want to worship God without any arm twisting whatsoever. There has to be an expectation of wanting to see the goodness of God. That is what's going to change our city. It will change our city. It changed Peter, man. He was just a natural fisherman. Our most valuable asset. Romans 2.4 says this. Do the riches of the extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness, listen to this, all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you to repentance. And repentance isn't just, this is what most people think, uh, God forgive me. No, repentance is changing the way that you think. Mostly about God and yourself. The kindness of God can make you, that's why Peter just bowed before Jesus. Jesus didn't say, now, is there anybody here who wants to give their life to Jesus? Just come. We're going to have him up. No, he didn't even do that. God just displayed. He did that to the prostitute. He displayed his goodness, changed her life. He did that to Matthew, uh, the tax guy, Zacchaeus, wicked tax man. He just went to his home. Love showed up. Greed left. The goodness of God changes people's lives. It can change your marriage. It can change your relationship. It just changes you. It changes you. And I don't know about you, but I need changing. I've raised my hand. I need to be changed more. I do. I want to be changed. And this is what God says. You can be changed It doesn't say from garbage to not so bad garbage. No, this is how God changes. He says you be changed from glory to glory to glory to glory. I've quoted that, but you know what glory means? From goodness to goodness to goodness to goodness. God said this, Moses, real quick. 
Moses said, show me your glory, God. God said, all right, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock because my glory is so much, it'll just wipe you out. <laughs> it won't just sink your boat. It'll cause you to be like Star Trek. <laughs> and disappear. If you don't know what that means, just forget that illustration. But anyway, he put him in the cleft of the rock. Then he put his hand over Moses, and he says, when I walk by, you all of my goodness will flow before you. What? Well, God, I wanted to see your glory. He says, yeah. What you and I need to get a hold of is the glory of God is his goodness. It's not some super bright thing or some spiritual thing way out there. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. And God wants that to take place. We're wait, waiting on God, and God is waiting on you. But you know why? Because it's in you. Every person in here is filled with the kindness and the goodness and all of the fruit. The goodness of God is waiting to be manifested. It's waiting. It says it in the King James Version, it says it's this kindness that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God. I know that uh, by me praying for you, it's not just going all of a sudden, all right, I understand it all and I change it. But this is what I do want to do. I want to pray for you that at least we can have a light bulb moment. You know what I mean by that? I've had some light bulb moments with God where, oh, man, I get it. Another words, revelation just turns a switch on on the inside of me. I've had that happen in so many areas of my life where just, whoa. I've been taught grace all my life, and then one day at a revelation moment, I've been taught healing since I was uh, 18 years old, and all of a sudden, one day I had uh, a revelation about healing. I've been taught it for 30, 40 years. Do I know all about grace? Do I know all about healing? No, no. But at least that light bulb moment has helped me walk in a greater degree of healing. That light bulb moment has helped me to walk in a greater degree of grace. That light bulb moment has helped me to walk in a greater measure of the love of God that's in me. So I'm going to pray for people. I'm just going to say this. If lives aren't being transformed and the goodness of God's being manifested, was it that good? Jesus, help us all. I mean, we can go to a dead church. We can go to a dead church. I've I've been to dead churches before. But listen, this is Rocky Mountain Family Church. My desire is for our family, number one, is just to be passionate about God. I want to know Him more. Why is that so important? Let me tell you why it's important. It's because if we want the goodness to be manifested, there has to be that. God, is he never pushes himself on anybody. He's never twisted my arm. He's never said, Mike, I want to spend time with you. Come on. There's been so many times that I've been doing something and I just feel like, hmm, maybe I should go read my Bible. Maybe I should go pray. God never comes with an angel with a flaming sword and goes, you. Sometimes I wish he would do that, but he's never going to do that. He's not. 
just a little tug on my heart and says, I'd like to talk. Let's just spend some time with you. There's been so many times I go, nah. <laughs> I'm watching TV, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing this, or I'm, I want to go work in ER, I want to go do this. That's no guilt and no condemnation. And I'm not, don't, don't get me wrong. I never feel guilty or con- condemned when I brush that off. But God just wants you to know. He does want to spend time with you. And it's not a legalistic thing. Are you hearing me? He wants to see his goodness manifested more than any of us. He just needs you to cooperate. The branch being connected to the vine. No effort on your part or my part. No, just, "Mm, I got to do this. This is what I believe. I believe when we start stepping into this, things, doors will open for us. That it will be easier for you to walk in healing. It will be easier for you to walk in prosperity. be easier for you to walk in kindness. be easier for you to love those who don't love you. It will be easier for you to have victory on this planet. But it comes by abiding in the trunk. It does. You and I can't work it up. We can't just say, Woo, okay, I'm going to... You know, I was used to be in sports, you know, you just work it up, work yourself up, you know, man, you just work yourself up. Then you can just work yourself out. This is not what it's about. But I believe that God today wants to have a light bulb moment with you. So if that's you, maybe you are on fire. If somebody said on a scale of one to ten, man, I feel like I'm a ten, Pastor, so. That's fine. I believe there are. But if we could just pray and listen to me, that's not just going to say, okay, it's a done deal. No, this is taking a step of faith. It's a step of faith. That's all it is. To believe that you have a desire to be more passionate. So I don't know about you, but I just want that. I want his goodness to be manifested. How about, am I talking to the right crowd? Anybody here want to see the goodness of God manifested in a greater degree? I I do. I want to see sick people come in and well people go out. I want to see people full of the devil come in and full of God when they go out. I want to see people who are on drugs and and, and all kinds of uh, habitual things walk out totally set free. I want to see people come in that just they're thinking like tomorrow we're going to the divorce court. But first we'll go to church. And walk out and fall more deeply in love like they've never known each other before. I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible. I said possible. I believe it's possible. But I want to see it happen to our church family. A reality. I want it to become reality. Amen. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God. Just to be stirred up on the inside. It's not a magic cure-all prayer. It's not. It's just going to be something that just, uh, it's just what I felt led. If I miss it, okay, whatever. Wouldn't be the first or last time. All right? Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. No condemnation, no guilt, nothing like that, Father. But, Lord, I do know this, that you desire for our worship to be taken to another level for our sermon, our present, the presence of God to be taken to another level. You desire 
for a manifestation of the goodness of God. For us to be kind. For us to love one another. Enjoy, I mean to have Thanksgiving every Sunday. Just enjoying the presence of family. It's your desire. And you're waiting on us. And I believe, God, that this message is a start. I believe you spoke this to me and through me to us as a family. And I believe in Jesus' name, by faith, that our church services will never be the same. I believe there will be a manifestation of the goodness of God. Just when we are singing, worshiping, just when we come together, the goodness of God will be manifested in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. This is the most important thing right here. This is more important than even giving. Amen? Because I want to see you changed. I want to see people changed. Amen? So if you want prayer, you come up here and we'll pray for you. And uh, But this is dismissed. I'm always, I'm gonna, I told the PowerPoint people, I'm always going to try to close with this. Love takes no account of an evil done to it. Listen to me. Love takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Can we say that out loud together? Love takes no account of an evil done to it. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Okay? Now let's put I. Ready? Instead of love, say I. I take no account of an evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. That'll change your life. Amen.